Hey everyone, welcome into Champions Move Podcast, powered by Royce King Sports. I am your host, Royce King. This is the 2018-2019 NBA Playoff Edition, Champions Move. Listen, I gotta go right into it as this first game of the Eastern Conference Playoff Round matchup between the visiting... Six seed Brooklyn Nets take on the host three seed Philadelphia 76ers. Time has just elapsed. Final score Brooklyn Nets 111 102. Wow, where do we begin? All the hype, all the conversation, the gamesmanship, if you will, the psych job Joel and B was trying to accomplish on the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, in my opinion, it's backfired. Uh, he was not able to deliver. You know, all the questions were, is Joel Embiid going to play? How healthy is Joel Embiid? Uh, we talked uh, all week long as we previewed this series starting on Thursday. I had the uh, opportunity to, to sit with the, with the guys on the NBA Fantasy Hour, which you know I co-host with Greg Sussman. Uh, Frank Stanfield, Steve Sadavoy, and uh, we are on Twitch TV. Uh, that's twitch.tv backslash NBA.com if you want to check that out on Thursdays at 5 p.m. So, you know, the panel, we're chopping it up, right? And we're going around, and I'm telling everyone that this Philadelphia 76ers Brooklyn Nets matchup is the matchup where you could probably expect a, a, a upset. Like, it's it's very real. This Brooklyn Nets team is no slouch, people. Uh, these guys are legit. They have the talent. They've proven it. I mean, Philadelphia, outside of probably like the first four or five minutes of quarter number one, uh, did, were, did not have control of this game. I mean, when the game tipped off, Philly made a, a conservative effort to, to play through Joel Embiid. I think he scored the first seven or eight points. They got out to like, I think it was a 7-0 start. He had multiple trips to the free throw line. Drew up thing like four fouls. Um, but there was a timeout called. And when the timeout was called, I think we're probably around five, six minutes into the quarter. The score is like 10-7 to Philadelphia. The next thing I know, I look up the scores 12-11 Brooklyn. And from that point, uh, it's safe to say that the Brooklyn Nets own this game they put their stamp on it and instead of the higher seeded uh the perceived better team throughout the regular season in, in the philadelphia 76ers the more talented team is what so many people are going to tell you in the philadelphia 76ers uh the brooklyn nets flat out did their job and that was to come out and punch the philadelphia 76ers in the mouth and command respect by dominating them on both ends of the floor. I mean, with the exception of Jimmy Butler for the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, it just did not look good. So you might hear some some clicking and all that, guys, as I'm navigating my way uh, on my laptop here and my touchscreen. But let me let let's try to focus because you know normally we want to talk stats, but before I even get into who had what, who scored a certain amount of points and, and things like that. 
I want to just touch on what I saw. And what I saw were two teams. One that believed in one another. One that looked like they enjoyed playing with and for one another. A team that appeared to be very well coached. That trusted in their coach. And the coach trusted his game plan. And that his players would go out and execute said game plan. And I saw a team that had players who could make shots from the outside. Not just three-pointers, two-pointers, mid-range, free throw line extended from the elbow, score in the paint. A team that could score at all three levels. And a team that was not afraid of the moment, yet relished it. And that team was the Brooklyn Nets, people. Not the Philadelphia 76ers who was in the playoffs last year. Not the Philadelphia 76ers that some odds makers picked to win the, the whole damn thing. No. The Philadelphia 76ers look lost. They look frightened. They look uncertain. Uh, discombobulated. They lacked confidence. Uh, players knew that they couldn't make a jump shot to save their life because their, their life game depended on it. If it's not for Jimmy Butler and his attempt to be heroic, this game is a 20 to 25 point blowout. Easy. Easy. Because the Brooklyn Nets look that good. Well-oiled machine. Now, anybody who's been watching the NBA this season, you already knew that the Brooklyn Nets was a team that was not going to lay down. That's not who they are. It's not in their DNA. It's not what they do. This team keeps coming. Philadelphia thought a seven-point lead in the first four minutes of the game was going to somehow take the heart of the Brooklyn Nets. Are you serious? I mean, what are we talking here? This is the Brooklyn Nets. This team has been resilient all season. This team has played with cohesion all season. A couple of players in terms of that backcourt, D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, both of these guys are improved. Here's how I view the improvement of D'Angelo Russell because he came into the, ta to the league with talent. The kind of talent that would easily make him an NBA All-Star, which he was able to achieve this season. But he was able to achieve that All-Star berth, in my opinion, based on his improvement off the court and between the ears. I'm talking about maturity. I'm talking about growth as a young man, recognizing and owning his mistakes in his previous stop when he's with the Los Angeles Lakers. Ice in his veins. That's what he has. That's what he's playing with. He's supremely confident right now at this point in his career. He's going to be a problem for the remainder of this series for the Philadelphia 76ers. Then you enter Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie is a guy that not many people were aware of uh, coming into the league. Those who knew of him understood that he had the talent and he had the ability but he needed the right situation. It didn't work out in Detroit. It didn't work out in Chicago. Enter the Brooklyn Nets. And all they did was give this guy an opportunity to grow and become the player that he is. And when you look at him statistically, here's a guy, Spencer Dinwiddie, who could give you buckets at all three levels. At the rim, the mid-range, 
and the three ball. He's confident. He shares the ball. His teammates like playing with him. His coach trusts him. And he delivers in big moments. Speaking of Spencer Dinwiddie, in 32 minutes, he was 6 of 14 from the field, 4 of 5 from the line, 2 of 5 uh, from deep for 18 points and 3 rebounds. He only had one turnover, which is very important. He's a plus 17. Here's a yeoman's work of a professional, a veteran. You're talking about front court players to match up with Joel Embiid. Here's what I liked about what I saw with the Brooklyn Nets dealing with Joel Embiid. They fouled him early and often, knowing that this guy would get fatigued. Because I don't know, maybe some of you never played the game of basketball, but when you haven't uh, been running like game speed and you're quote-unquote dealing with the injury and you're just coming back and you miss games, when, when grown men bang on your body it zaps you of energy let me tell you and so it didn't take long before mb looked fatigued on the court even though he logged a total of uh, uh only 24 minutes i think philly probably only got the first four again the six minutes of him that was really fresh i mean he missed 10 shots from the field. This is Joel Embiid. He's 5 of 15 from the field. Sounds like a perimeter-oriented player, right? Joel Embiid, he's a big man. He's capable of being dominant in the paint. But here's the problem. If you take away those three, excuse me, those five three-point attempts, he's 5 of 10 from the interior. That's what you expect. But those five three balls that he just chucked up, they didn't look good coming out. They were all short. I don't even know why he was attempting them. And I think, well, I apologize. I do know why. He was attempting those shots because no one else on the team could really make a shot. And Ben Simmons is self-checked. But I'll get to him later. I'm going to stay right here on Joel Embiid. He got to the free throw line. Uh, he had 18 attempts. He was 12 of 18 for 22 points, 15 rebounds, 4 assists, and 5 blocks. But he was a minus 17 when he was on the floor. These things speak volumes about this team. Something is, is amiss in Philadelphia. Jimmy Butler represented, as I mentioned, he played 32 minutes. He was 11 of 22 from the field, 13 of 15 from the charity strike, one of three. Uh, he hit that big three uh, to close the, the, the halftime deficit to eight. Uh, 36 points, nine boards, two steals, two blocks, a plus 11. Ben Simmons, let me call this young man out. If you're not going to shoot the basketball, I cannot win with you. And I say I because the coach is coming out in my mind. And this is what I would be telling Ben Simmons if I was Brett Brown. Son, you've got to shoot the basketball. Four of nine, missed a number of shots at the rim, and you're 6'10" trying to fillet and finger roll or jelly like turn the ball over and dunk one of five from the free throw line shows that you're not being aggressive you're not attacking the rack you're not trying to make a difference this is the playoffs 
This is the playoffs. You can't expect a team to lay down for you. Nine points, seven rebounds, three assists, one steal, and three blocks. A negative 21 went on the court. This is the problem here. The big three of the Philadelphia 76ers, the Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, core three, that I don't I'm not sure that these guys fit, especially when it comes to postseason basketball. So look, let me show proper respect and give credit where it's due now. I'm done with these Philadelphia 76ers. Get a win to get any more conversation and focus from me. This is about champions moves right here. And the Brooklyn Nets made a champions move today by seizing home court advantage. That's right. At 42 and 40 on the regular season, they just took home court advantage from the 51 and 31 Philadelphia 76ers. The 76ers were 31 and 10 at home. For what? The Brooklyn Nets, 19 and 22 on the road. This is why analytics only takes you so far. Because here's what analytics doesn't account for, ladies and gentlemen. Analytics doesn't lace up a sneaker. It doesn't put on basketball shorts or a basketball jersey. Analytics doesn't get on the court. It doesn't run. It doesn't sweat. Analytics doesn't have courage and heart and the will of a champion. Analytics doesn't seem to know defeat. It just seems to know criticism. And it thinks it knows better than those who actually played the game. Who can see the game. I'm here to tell you. As a person who's played and coached and officiated this game. As high as Division Three college basketball. And some semi-pro. Thanks to the factory. The Teague factory in Indianapolis, Indiana. Shout out to Jeff and Marcus Teague and Sean Teague. These players recognize fear in an opponent's eyes. They can hear what you don't hear always on TV. And that's the, the, the how do I say it? The fact that guys maybe don't really get along. They can hear that. They can hear that conversation. They can see it in the body language. And when you play against guys multiple times for a number of seasons, KYP people, know your personnel. And once you know your personnel, it's all about matchups. This was a favorable draw for the Brooklyn Nets. They knew their best chance to probably advance and get out of the first round was to take on the Philadelphia 76ers that they knew that they could probably beat in their building. And that's what they did. They came into Philadelphia, punched the Sixers in the mouth, led by D'Angelo Russell. In 29 minutes, he pumped in 26 points. It took him 25 shots, but so what? He got the win. He was 4-5 from the free throw line, 2-6 from deep. Finished with 4 assists, 3 rebounds, and 1 steal for my fantasy heads out there. He was a negative 10 when on the court. But hey, did you see any negativity? No. You saw stretches when you were viewing the game that he was dominant in that third quarter. I mean, this guy plays at his own speed in D'Angelo Russell. 
I love that little elbow jumper that he shoots free throw line extended. He comes off that screen, gives you the little shot fake. Watch guys jump and fly by and then shoots it right in your face. Nothing but net. I love that. Playing at his own pace. He's really matured as a player. I've mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie chipping in with his 18 points. But in 23 minutes, did any of us think that we'd be talking about Karis LeVert available in the first round after that ugly early regular season injury when he broke his lower leg, his foot, and the fact that he came away from that with such a, a, a beautiful outlook, if you will. The injury was very ugly, but the fact that he could return before the playoffs even started, it couldn't have worked out any better for the Brooklyn Nets team. All he did in 23 minutes is pump in 23 points. 8 of 18 from the field, perfection from deep, 3 of 3, perfection from the charity strike, 4 of 4, added 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, plus 18. Here's a guy I started to mention earlier and I got away from him, got a little sidetracked. Ed Davis. Ed Davis showed out. He stepped up very big, holding it down in the paint. He dominated on the glass. 5 of 7 from the field, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 12.16 boards, people. He was playing against Joel Embiid, okay? It wasn't like Joel wasn't out there. 16 rebounds. Plus 28. Plus 28. That's what it takes if you're going to go to the next round. You got to get bench help. Consistency. So you get 12 from Davis off the bench. 18 from Dinwiddie off the bench. 23 from Levert off the bench. What do the Sixers get off the bench? 13 points in 15 minutes from Boban Marjanovic. Really? Okay. So you see the problem? I mean, only three people for the only three players in Philadelphia's uh, game on their side. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe this, people. Uh, look, 22 from NB, 36 from Butler, 13 from Marjanovic, and they were a mess. Everyone else, single digits. That's it. Four points from Tobias Harris, average 18 on the season. Ben Simmons, where are you? With only nine points. JJ Reddick. Notorious for disappearing in the postseason. Five points, one of four from deep, two of seven. Picked up six fouls. What was that about? How is J.J. Reddick fouling out? I'm not going to blame the refs. I don't agree with everything I saw the refs call. But you can't let the referee decide the game. You got to put the ball in the hole. So not only did they get the Brooklyn Nets, get 12 from Davis, 18 from Dinwiddie, 23 off the bench from LeVert. In the starting lineup, you had the 26 from Russell. You get 13 from Joe Harris. He was efficient. He shot 5 or 7 from the field, 3 or 4 from three-point line. And then Damari Carroll pumps in 11 points. Not really good from the field. He was 3 of 10, 1 of 5 from 3, 4 of 4 from the charity stripe. But those six rebounds and three steals, that's who Damari Carroll is. He's a glue guy. He can hit timely shots and get his hand on loose balls. Let's talk about the turnovers. Brooklyn Nets, only 11 turnovers as a team. Philadelphia, 13. You would say, well, there's not a lot of difference there. 
I'm not even going to, uh, uh, what I'm currently looking at is not showing me the points off of turnovers, but I can tell you those turnovers that the Philadelphia 76ers were having are more costly because they were down on the scoreboard by more than eight points, more than 10 points almost every time that they were turning the ball over. You can't get back in the game if you don't value the basketball. One of the other things that I saw was the Brooklyn Nets seemed to have a much higher basketball IQ when it came to just playing the game and playing fundamentally sound, making good decisions. I didn't see that for the Philadelphia 76ers. I saw guys that seemed like they were trying to play hero ball. Like this was some kind of, you know, machismo thing. Like I, I, I can do it myself. And when I go to make a pass to you, you know, I'm going to look at you like, well, what happened? I have, folks, I have problems with what I saw out of Ben Simmons. And I guess it's just going to lead right into why uh, there's going to be conversation, especially if you tune in right back here to Champions Move Podcast. Ben Simmons is out. This Philadelphia 76ers team has to be about winning. And one thing I know, having grown up on the 76ers as a kid, you're going to get booed like they did at home in game one of the playoffs because the expectation is high. In Philadelphia sports, we don't tolerate losers. We don't tolerate. And what I mean by that is you don't have to be a loser as a person, but if you got a losing mentality, if you're not going to evolve, if you're not going to put the work in, if you're not going to show us that you're working on your craft, we're going to call you out. We're going to boo you out. And then we're going to boot you out. I don't mind going on record and being one of the first to say that I expect Ben Simmons to be in another uniform next season. Because you just can't win with a 6'10 point guard in the time in the league where he refuses, absolutely refuses, 82 plus games to shoot a jump shot. Don't tell me you're working on it. Don't tell me you never thought you had to work on it. I mean, bro, <laughs> this is basketball. So if this is your lane and you plan on staying in it, you better figure out how to shoot a shot in the regular game. I know you know how. I'm just not going to accept that you don't know how. Are you too proud? Is it ego? Well, you know, what's, what's this issue? Somebody help me. Reach out to me. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Royce King. You can get at me on Instagram, underscore, Royce King, underscore. Talk to me. Let me know what you think. Because this makes no sense to me that Ben Simmons will not shoot the freaking basketball. That's ridiculous. Flat out ridiculous. What do you have all that talent for if you don't know how to work with it, if you're not working with it? You guys, young guys coming into the league, you just can't come into the league and be like, hey, I'm getting paid and I don't have to improve. I don't have to get better. Really? You're going to hide behind clutch sports? You're going to hide behind LeBron James? I'm calling Ben Simmons out. I'm calling him out. Step up, step forward. Be recognized. Give an account of yourself. Have a showing. Do 
what you're there to do in the league. Win. Play to win. People always saying stuff to me when I talk about Royce King Sports. Play to win. Like, that's a given. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's not everybody's intent. Especially when money's involved. Everybody's not playing to win. They're just showing up. And maybe some are playing, but they don't know how to play. So maybe Ben Simmons just doesn't know how to play. And if he doesn't, now I gotta look at Brett Brown. I've been hearing the conversation for years that Brett Brown is getting out coach. He's getting out coach. He's getting out coach. And I've like been patient. And I've rejected jumping on that train. But after game one showing, where do I go? I have no choice but to side with the critic. Brett Brown is getting out coached. You got to coach these guys up. You got to hold them accountable. You got to demand what is needed. Give them the proper game plan. And then the professional, the professional basketball player has to go out and execute. I didn't see that. What I saw, not for the Philadelphia 76ers, I didn't see that. But I did see that for the Brooklyn Nets. Let's be clear about it. I absolutely saw what I needed to see in a winner. And that being said, if this continues, I'll be patient. I won't change my selection for this series. It's still Philadelphia in seven. Right now, after game one. Because I'm just not, you know, the type of guy to just jump off of what my decision was. I I carefully thought about it, examined the tape, examined the players, and considered what was at stake. But I'll give it to game three. I'll give it to game three. Yes. Should the Brooklyn Nets come back on Monday and take game two and go up too well? And then Philadelphia go to Brooklyn and lose game three and be down 3-0? Well, I guess it'd be safe to make my switch and say that it's going to end in the sweep, right? Of course. You see what I did there? I had to do that. Why? Because I'm going to stand behind my selection. I have to. Man honors his word, right? That's what I'm looking for from the Philadelphia 76ers. Honor your word, man. And ball out. If that's your intent. Brooklyn Nets, I love what you're doing. It's been a great season. Continue to do it. Apply pressure. And don't stop. Keep applying pressure. And you just might be the Cinderella of this year's NBA playoffs. Not just the first round. You know what's going to happen to a young team like the Brooklyn Nets who takes success and knock off the Philadelphia 76ers? Should that happen? Should they repeat this performance three more times and arrive at four wins before Philly gets one? Do you know what could happen? Do you know what kind of cloud they'll be on? But they have a great coach in Kenny Atkinson. He won't allow their heads to remain in the clouds. He'll keep them grounded. He'll continue to coach him. He'll continue to be demanding. He'll continue to give him the proper 
strategy and the X's and O's, what they have to go out and execute to get victories. This Brooklyn Nets team has turned the corner, people. This is not the same Brooklyn Nets team that had to suffer loss after loss, losing season after losing season behind Mikhail Prokhorov in his attempt to buy an NBA championship when he took over in Brooklyn. This is no. Now, a Brooklyn Nets team that has spent the last four seasons building, building through free agency, building through the draft, mining the G League, finding the talent, assembling the right guys, character guys, hard workers, talented players, giving second chances, bringing in NBA veterans that no one seemed to have value for anymore. Jared Dudley, uh, Ed Davis, Damari Carroll, and giving these guys huge roles and responsibilities in the locker room. Giving them a voice and has motivated this Brooklyn Nets team and they're special. Philadelphia, beware. Hey man, listen, that's my time. I gotta go. I'll be back with the remainder of each and every playoff series. I'm gonna give you my two to five cents on it. This is Champions Move, and I'm out. <laughs>